Lord, this is indeed our prayer. Lord, that there will be more of you. There may be more of Christ in each one of our lives. Lord, that we may know you more. Lord, and that others may be touched by your life in us more. Yeah, so Lord, we commit this time into your hands. We ask, Lord, for your Spirit's anointing. Lord, for the speaking, the translating, and the hearing. Lord, that we may be able to enter into the burden of your heart. Lord, we humbly come before you. Lord, may you speak to us. We are here to hear. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. I am sure most of you know that in the past few months we've been considering this matter of the kingdom. Also, in the past few months, I don't know if it's... Well, I know it's not by accident. But the different conferences that we've had, it seems like, at least to me, these conferences keep on bringing us back to a passage in the Bible. And that is in Romans chapter 8. Can we turn there? Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Romans 8:28 And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren and whom he predestined these he also called, and whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. So we just had the recent Harvey Cedars conference where the theme was spiritual sonship. During the summer, there was a conference on the West Coast and the theme was being conformed to the image of his son. So the burden I have this morning is to um, relay these uh, themes uh, with our theme the kingdom they are all related and I think it can all be summed up in the verses we just read 
就是我们刚刚所念的这几个经节。So here we read here that God causes all things to work together for good. 所以我们刚刚说因万事都互相效力，叫爱神的人得益处。The reason is because we are called unto something. 因为我们是被招的。We are called unto the purpose of God. 我们被招到神的旨意里。God has something in His heart. He has a desire for each one of us. And he will not be satisfied until he is able to achieve that purpose. So God causes all things to work together for good in order to achieve his purpose. And what is that purpose? Is that we may be conformed to the image of his son. And that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Here we see that God has a his perfect son. But that was not the end. Everybody knows that Christ was the perfect Son of God. He perfectly satisfied the will of the Father. He finished the work of salvation. Now he is sitting in glory. But the verse doesn't end there. It says that he that we may be conformed to the image of his son. And that he may be the firstborn among many brethren. This matter of sonship. This matter of being like him. It uh, is not limited to Christ himself. But he is to be the firstborn among many brethren. That means there will be many sons. And uh, so, so we know this, right? We all heard we are being conformed to the image of his son. And then we also have verse 30. It says, Whom he predestined, he called. Whom he called, he also justified. Whom he justified, he also glorified. So here we have very high verses. We know that God has a wonderful, glorious purpose. But what does it really mean? So, on the one hand, you have verse 29. On the one hand, you have verse 30. On, on the verse 29, it says, The end is to be conformed to the image of His Son. In verse 30, it says that we will be glorified. So, in a sense, you can equate being conformed to the image of His Son to being glorified. In these two verses, however, I think we can understand most of it. But I think there are two things that may not be so easy to understand. I think the first thing is the image of his son. What, what does 
What does it mean to be conformed to the image of His Son? And the second question I think we have is, what does it mean to be glorified? Now we understand what predestined means. I think we understand what call, being called means. I think we understand what being justified means. Right? That we are justified by the blood. But what does it mean to be glorified? And then on the other hand, what does it mean to be conformed to the image of His Son? So, my burden this morning is that hopefully we can understand these things a little better. And allow the Bible to show us what does it mean to be conformed to the image of His Son. And also to understand what does it mean to be glorified. Now, we, we hear the term the glory of God a lot. Right? And we know it's something very bright. Something uh, just too wonderful. But sometimes that becomes kind of abstract. At least for me, I wonder, what is it? What is the glory of God? So the Bible gives us a few hints. Now, um, in the Old Testament, there's a place that talks about the glory of God. And that's in the book of Ezekiel. Chapter 1. Can we turn to Ezekiel chapter 1? Ezekiel chapter 1 verse 3 The word of the Lord came expressly to Ezekiel the priest son of Buzi in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Chebar And verse 4 As I looked behold a storm wind was coming from the north a great cloud with fire flashing forth continually and a bright light around it and in its midst something like glowing metal in the midst of the fire. Within it there were figures resembling four living beings and thus was their appearance. They had human form. Each of them had four faces and four wings. Verse 10. As for the form of their faces, each had the face of a man, all four had the face of a lion on the right, and the face of a bull on the left, and all four had the face of an eagle. And verse 15. Now, as I looked at the living beings, behold, there was one wheel on the earth beside the living beings, for each of the four of them. And 
And verse 19. Whenever the living beings moved, the wheels moved with them. And whenever the living beings rose from the earth, the wheels rose also. And then verse 22. Now over the heads of the living beings, there was something like an expanse, like the awesome gleam of crystal spread out over their heads. And then verse 26. Now above the expanse that was over their heads, there was something resembling a throne, like lapis lazuli in appearance. And on that which resembled a throne, high up was a figure with the appearance of a man. That I noticed from the appearance of his loins and upward something like glowing metal that looked like fire all around within it. And from the appearance of his loins and downward I saw something like fire and there was a radiance around him. And here in verse 28, very important. As the appearance of the rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the appearance of the surrounding radiance. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. So, we pay attention to this verse that says, the likeness of the glory of the Lord. So the Bible tells us that here is a picture of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. So if you have a question, what is the glory of the Lord? The Holy Spirit uses this picture to show us what is the glory of the Lord. And here you see a picture of of something with wheels. Something that moves around. But it also has scenes that remind you of what the scene in heaven. This, uh, these living things, uh, living beings, they have wings. But on the other hand, they also have wheels. So it reminds you of heaven. But somehow this is also connected to earth. I don't know if you remember the picture of uh, the story of Jacob, Jacob's ladder. Remember there was a heavenly ladder that connected heaven and earth. And the angels of God ascended and descended upon that ladder. So here you see a picture. You see that there is a throne. Actually, this picture should remind you of the ancient Roman days. Yeah. That when after a, an emperor has gone out in battle, and as he returned, he, he would be upon a chariot. But his throne was also on that chariot. So you could think about it as a moving throne. So it's just like a chariot parading around. 
this picture in the book of Ezekiel shows us a moving throne. It, the, the, above the loins, above you see the heaven. But on the earth you see the wheels connected to earth. Now in the Old Testament, for the people of Israel, for them, what was important was Jerusalem. There was the house of God. In their concept, that's where the presence of God was. So, but for Ezekiel, this was something tremendous that he saw. In verse 3, we read that he was, he was in captivity. He was in Babylon. He was far away from home. Yet, far away from Jerusalem. But yet, he saw the presence of God. He saw the likeness of the glory of God. Actually, this was a prophecy of the New Testament. Just like that heavenly ladder, this moving throne, speaks about our Lord Jesus. Now, what is very special about this? Uh, uh, you see that it had four sides. And actually, on each of the sides, it had a different face. One side was the face of, of a uh, lion. One was the side of a face of an ox. One side was the face of a man. And one side was the face of an eagle. Now, the glory of God is too tremendous. In order for you to be fully able to express it, you need all four sides. And these four sides explain what the likeness of the glory of the Lord is. So we know this is the Old Testament. This is a picture. This is also a prophecy. So what happened in the New Testament? Where was this prophecy fulfilled? I think this is then this is why then we need to turn to Second Corinthians chapter four. Second Corinthians chapter four and verse six. For God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. So we want to pay special attention to that last phrase, the glory of God in the face of Christ. So we want to pay special attention to that last phrase, we saw the picture in Ezekiel where it had the four different faces. There it spoke about the likeness of the image of the glory of God. But here it says that the glory of God is shown in the face of Christ. And then uh, why don't we turn to another portion in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. 
Hebrews chapter one and verse three. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature. So here again it says he is the radiance of his glory. And the exact representation of his nature. So here you can start to connect everything. Where do you see the glory of God realized? In the face of Christ. He is the radiance of his glory. And the exact representation of his nature. So if you think about um what makes a person special? What defines a person? If you take uh, a picture of a, a group of men, assuming they're all about the same height, they wear the, about the same exact uh, suit, same shirt, same shoes. Okay, if you take a picture, and then you're really bad. And you cut off all their heads. Will you be able to tell who each one is? Probably not, right? So we know that what defines a person? How do I know, you know, Maurice is Maurice? His face tells me it's Maurice. Maybe he has a, a few more gray hairs. But, but he's Maurice. But because of his face. So the you get the picture? So how does someone express who he is? It's through the face. And uh, so if you if you if you put all of this that we've just read, if you combine it with Romans 8:28, what does it mean to be conformed to the image of the Son? What does it mean to be glorified? To be conformed to the image of the Son of God. So, so God was very far away. So in the beginning was the word. No one knew God. But one day the word became flesh. And dwelt among us. God became man. So there was someone uh God became personified. Something that you could touch. Something that you could see. So you see this? The glory of God is very far away. Somehow, 
That glory became personified in our Lord Jesus Christ. 但是这一个这个荣耀，它却在基督这个人的身上彰显出来。So something became tangible. 所以这个东西好像可以摸索的。It became very personal. 也是很个人的。So to be conformed to the image of the Son of God. 所以我们说效法神儿子的形象。Is that because he is the exact representation of God? 因为他是完完全全的代表了神。In his person, he expresses God. 因为在他这个人，他就代表了整个的神。This speaks about his personality. So that means that we've been we can also be conformed to this something very tangible. So we can also be conformed to this something very tangible. The, uh, 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 now you know that he is that exact representation of God. So we now know that he is that exact representation of God. The Lord Jesus is glory himself. So we now know that he is that exact representation of God. The Lord Jesus was that fulfillment of that picture. So we see heaven and earth come together. That is the picture of glory. So to be glorified, it, it means nothing more than to allow that glory to be expressed through us. But it's something very tangible. This is 非常好像摸索可以得到。And how does the Bible explain it as being tangible? 所以这个圣经怎么样来形容这个是可以摸到的呢 ？Because it, we, we we read that um the glory of God in the face of Christ. 我们看见说神的荣耀是彰显在他儿子的脸上。Now the Lord Jesus, he was a person that lived on this earth. 我们主他是一个人，他活在这个世上。He was someone very real. 他是一个真正的一个人，活生生的。As we said, someone very tangible. 他就好像我们可以摸着，可以可以看着。So, so he had a face. 所以他有一个脸。So why is the face so important? 这个脸为什么这么重要呢 ？Now we remember in in the in the picture in the book of Ezekiel. 我们记得在以西结书这个图画。You remember there were the four faces, right? 我们记得有四个脸。There was the face of a lion. 呃，狮子。The face of an ox. 啊，牛。The face of a man. 哎，人的脸。And the face of an eagle. 一个脸是鹰。Actually, this corresponds to the four different facets of our Lord's life. Expressed to the four Gospels. In the Gospel of Matthew, we've been reading about how it speaks about the Lord's kingship. About he, how he is the king. And about his kingdom. And there it speaks of the picture of the face of the lion. In the Gospel of Mark, you see the Lord as the perfect servant of God. How he is that ox. Laboring. The Gospel of Luke. It talks about our Lord as being the perfect man. So our Lord is a perfect man. And then how there you see the face of a man. This is we see the face of a man. And then the last gospel, the Gospel of John. The last gospel, the Gospel of John. How the the Lord is the perfect Son of God. We see how our Lord is the Son of God. You see the face of an eagle. We see a eagle face. As the Son of God. Is the Son of God. Uh, uh, he had that transcendent life. He had a transcendent life. 
he said, you know, you see the Son of Man descending, yet he's still in heaven. So just like that eagle, one second you see him on earth, one second you see him already up in the mountains. So you see these four facets express the glory of God, express who the Lord Jesus is. So it's not something very far away. It's not just a conference theme. Conference? Conference theme, yeah. It's not something to fill up our knowledge. But it's something very tangible. Something very practical. Glory was personified in our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's something that can be ours. Something that we can touch. So, so, um, so what? So let's so let's take it back to the Gospels. If you look at each of the Gospels, how does it express each of the facets that we talked about? So if we start with the Gospel of Matthew, what kind of king do we have? How do we see this expression of a lion? If you turn to Mark, uh, Matthew chapter 1, Actually, before I go there, uh, let me just say one more thing. Um, why, why is it conformed to the image of the Son? Why is it important for us to have that image? Uh, actually, because you have a pattern. Something that you can follow. Now, uh, just recently, uh, my daughter's grown up. Uh, you know, where, to a point where she enjoys doing a lot of things that my wife does. So um, she loves uh, playing, um, playing house, I guess. So uh, Ezra, uh, Re- Ezra and Helen recently bought my my daughter two things. And of course, toys nowadays are just really amazing. So two things they bought was one was a, a little microwave. And then a little blender. And if you, it's battery operated. So if you open the microwave, you put something in there. And then you hit the buttons, it actually makes that beeping noise. And then if you want popcorn, the time is longer. a soup is, is something less. Uh, and then you hit the start button. 
and the light comes up and it starts to spin. And it makes that microwave noise. The same thing with the blender. You hit the button and then the thing starts spinning. So you see, it's, uh, you see, he's trying to see, see my picture. So somehow you have the reality and then you have some sort of imitation. So the, the picture is similar. Why is the image so important? Why is it so important for us to see the the uh uh, something tangible. Because then it becomes like a pattern. Then something goes off in us. Ah, this is the life of Christ. This is the different facets of the life of Christ. So if I allow the Spirit to work in me, I will be like Him. And we will be able to express the different facets of his life. So important for us to have this picture. But it's something very tangible. Yet, the Bible describes it as the glory of God. Okay, so if we turn to the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 1 and verse 1. It says, The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then you can read on and on and on. Uh, uh, there was, there's actually 14 generations, 14 generations, and 14 generations. The middle 14 generations it speaks about the kings, the 14 kings. And, uh, however, those 14 kings, there's only, it only speaks, of, the Bible only speaks about the throne of David. So here it says that the Lord Jesus was the son of David. And the son of Abraham. Now, the Bible gives us a hint of what kind of a king our Lord was going to be. Now, now the son of David was Solomon. And he's kind of like the epitome of what a king is, right? Uh, uh, and I don't need to go into the details. But also he was the son of Abraham. And the son of Abraham was Isaac. Uh, and Isaac was one who was willing to be offered as a sacrifice on the altar. So at the start of the Gospel of Matthew, we already see this king. He was the son of David. He was a king for sure. But he was also the son of Abraham. Which, which, speaks, which, which Isaac spoke about. Solomon spoke about a king in peace, in in uh, in rest. 
这个王他也是坐在大卫的旁边。Now David was a, a fleeing king. Matthew 2 verse 13. The latter part. Arise and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt. And remain there until I tell you. So since the Lord was born, he was already one who was fleeing. Not only that, if you read in Matthew chapter 12, Um, verse 1 At the time Jesus went on the Sabbath through the grain fields and his disciples became hungry and began to pick the heads of grain and eat but when the Pharisees saw it they said to him Behold, your disciples do what is not lawful to do on a Sabbath but he said to them Have you not read what David did when he became hungry and he and his companions how he entered the house of God and they ate the consecrated bread which was not lawful for him to eat nor for those with him but for the priests alone? 所以马太福音第十二章第一节开始那时耶稣在安息日从麦地里经过他的门徒饿了就掐起麦穗来吃法利亚人看见就对耶稣说看哪你的门徒做安息日不可做的事了耶稣对他们说经上记着大卫和
呃，我我好像知道，呃，在真正的世界，当狮狮子在那吼叫的时候，动物这样的害怕，他们就就冻结在那里。And then it's easy for the picking for the lion. 所以是呃，这个狮子很容易就把他们吞吃了。But somehow this lion is very different that we find in the Gospel of Matthew. 但在我们马太福音，我们看见这个狮子是很特别的。And then in chapter twenty-one. 然后第二十一节。And verse five. 二十一章呃第五节。Say to the daughter of Zion, "Behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a, a beast of burden." 二十一章第五节，要对西安的居民说：“看哪、啊，你的王来到你这里，是温柔的，又骑着驴，就是骑着驴驹子。” You normally would think that the king would be mounted on a great. White horse, right? 通常我们想说王他一定要坐一个大白马。But the Lord was mounted on a on a donkey. 但是我们主在这这里却骑着一个驴。And the interesting word here is gentle. 很有意思，这里说是温柔的。Gentle, 温柔的。So you get the picture. 所以我们看见这幅图画。But so I、uh, I think we 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 start to see. And understand what's in the Gospel of Matthew. So we from Matthew 福音这里，我们就可以知道他是怎么说的。That this king is very different. 这个王是很特别。But I think the most interesting thing is this. 但我认为最有意思的是 ，We spoke of how the glory of God was shown in the face of Christ. 我们看见神的荣耀是彰显在主耶稣基督的脸上。So where can we find the Gospel of Matthew that something that talks about the face of Christ? Something that speaks about the face of a lion. 说到好像狮子的脸。And what does that mean? 这什么意思 ？And there is actually a, a passage. Actually, 是有一个经节。In Matthew twenty-six. 在马太福音第二十六节，二十六章。Okay.、Uh, verse twenty,、uh, chapter twenty-six, verse sixty-four. 呃，二十六章第六十四节。Jesus said to him, "You have said it yourself. Nevertheless, I tell you, hereafter you shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven." Jesus 对他说，你说的是。然而，我告诉你们，后来你们要看见人子坐在那全能者的右边，驾着天上的云降临。And then verse sixty-seven. Oh, verse six. Uh, uh, verse sixty-six. 第六十六节。What do you think? They answer and said, He is deserving of death. 他们的意见如何？他们回答说，他是该死的。Verse sixty-seven. 六十七节。Then they spat in his face and beat him with their fists, and others slapped him. 他们就吐吐沫在他脸上，用拳头打他，也有用手掌打他的。Actually,、um, the Gospel of Mark actually goes into a further description. 在马可福音，他讲的更详细了
Um, Chapter 14, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, 15, and kneeling and bowing before them. Um, um, yeah, just, just read that verse. Yeah. 第十几节,他们给他穿上纸袍,又用金脊编做怪冕给他戴上,就庆贺他说,恭喜,犹太人的王啊,又拿一根尾子。打他的头，吐吐沫在他脸上，屈膝拜他。So this is the face of a king.我们看见这是一个王的脸。And you saw how his face was, uh, was beat.我们看见他的脸是这样的被被挨打。And Spat upon. And this, um, and yet the Lord didn't have a response. Actually, as a king, uh, to go through that, yet the Lord did not have a response. He was quiet. So they mocked him. And they beat him. And they slapped him. And this was the face of a king. So you see, this king is very different. His kingdom is very different. And we all know, you know, he he deserved to have a crown. Yeah, he was one with the crown of thorns. And the the reason for this is this. Now the Lord didn't speak a word before the cross. But on the cross the Lord responded. He responded to what they did to him. Do you remember what he said? He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they did. So all that they did to him, to his face. Yet the Lord said, Father, forgive them. Now the Lord had that wonderful prayer on the cross. The Father had to listen to our Lord's prayer. Now God was a God of justice. We know that God is a God of love. But God is also a God of justice. Now for God the Father to answer the prayer of our Lord Jesus, He couldn't just forgive those people. 
with nothing. He, because he was a just God. So because of this, the Lord Jesus, uh, uh, the Father was the one who struck our Lord Jesus. It was our Lord Jesus who took our place. And so it was our Heavenly Father who was the one who struck him. Because he wanted to listen to his son's prayer. Because he wanted to forgive us. So now you see this our our wonderful Lord. So besides being mocked, being spat upon, so you see very clearly uh, what we find in Matthew chapter 5. So when people struck him, he turned the other cheek. He was able to pray, Father, forgive them. Now you know why does the Bible say the right cheek? Because um, if you strike someone and you slap them, right? You would slap their left cheek. But actually, if you, for you to strike them on the right cheek, you have to strike them with the back of your hand. Actually, at that time, even the slaves, if you strike them with the back of your hand, he'd rather die because it was so shameful. Yet our Lord, when people struck him with the back of their hands, he turned the other cheek. And he was able to pray, Father, forgive them. But not only that, um, the Lord also went the second mile. Now, people say that um, you know, it was the Jews and uh, Judas who, cru- who sent our Lord to the cross. So the Jews were happy enough to say, crucify him, crucify him, and see him go on the cross. But again, that alone could not save us. The first three hours, the Lord was, took the position as the Son of God. That's why he could pray, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they did. But it, but it wasn't until the second three hours. When the Lord prayed, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He stood in our place. Then he could finish the work on the cross. Then he could finish the work of salvation. So in order for God to answer the Lord's prayer, that second three hours was necessary. So that's when God struck our Lord. When the Lord Jesus was made sin, all, all of our sins were upon him. God struck him. Because God was a righteous God. And the Lord took our place. So in striking him, 
当击打他, he went that second mile. 他就走了那第二里, so when others forced him to go the first mile, 所以当人家强迫他走第一流, it, was that, uh, uh, it was that second path that saved us. Uh, not only that, 不止如此, if you read in the Gospel of John, 如我们看, uh, chapter 19 and 20, verse 23. Chapter 19, verse 23. The soldiers, therefore, when they had crucified Jesus, took his outer garments and made four parts, a part to every soldier and also the tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece. 兵丁既然将耶稣钉在十字架上，就拿他的衣服分为四份，每兵一份，又拿他的礼衣。这件礼衣原来没有缝儿，是上下一片织成的。Now do you remember in Matthew five？我们记得马太福音第五章吗？It says if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat also. 啊，如果有人拿了你的外衣，就把你的礼衣也给他。so you see, they not only took his outer garments, they also took his tunic, which was his inner, inner, inner garments. So our Lord Jesus on the cross, he lived out the message of Matthew 5, 6, 7. And this is the picture of the king that we see. So what does it be mean to be conformed to the image of his son? The image of an of the lion. This king is very different. This, this kingdom is also very different. Uh, we know that um uh one day if we um if we suffer if we suffer with him, we will also one day reign with him. Yeah, what does it mean to reign? The picture of Matthew comes before us. This is what it means to reign. So this is the face of a lion. Now, how about the Gospel of Mark? Now Mark speaks about our Lord as a perfect servant. Now because of this, you know that in the Gospel of Mark, the word immediately occurred 41 times. Now uh, immediately, immediately, immediately. Now the Lord labored day and night. And uh, because of this, he he was a perfect servant of God. But what does the Bible speak about such a one? And there is no other uh, better description of the perfect servant of God in the Old Testament than Isaiah 53. Isaiah chapter 53. In verse 2. For he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of parched ground. He had no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. 
他在耶和华面前生长如嫩芽，像根出于干地。他无家型美容，我们看见他的时候也无美貌，使我们羡慕他。He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and like one from whom men hide their face. He was despised and we did not esteem him. 他被藐视，被人厌弃，多受痛苦，常经忧患。他被藐视，好像被人掩面不看的一样，我们也不尊重他。Again, here it says he had no stately form or majesty that we should be, we should want to look upon him. So, in here, he says he has no stately form or majesty that we should be attracted to him. So, actually, you know how people like to have portraits of so-called Jesus. So, actually, you know how people like to have portraits of so-called Jesus. So, actually, you know how people like to have portraits of so-called Jesus. So, actually, you know how people like to have portraits of so-called Jesus. So, actually, you know how people like to have portraits of so-called Jesus. So, actually, you know how people like to have portraits of so-called Jesus. I don't know, Rudy, and you know, very nice picture. Ah, have a very good picture. It has a very long hair. But actually, according to Isaiah 53, but from Isaiah chapter 53, that would definitely not be the picture. Actually, if we saw the picture, here the Bible says there's nothing in his appearance that we should we would have been drawn to. So here, here, to end. 我们看见他的时候，也无美貌使我们羡慕他。So his face is one that that showed that he was despised and forsaken a man, a man of sorrows. 所以从他的脸，他其实是被藐视、被人厌弃、多受痛苦、常经忧患。How do we know that for sure? 我们怎么能够确信知道呢 ？If we read in John chapter eight, 如果我们看约翰福音第八章 ，John chapter eight， 约翰福音第八章。Verse fifty-seven. John chapter eight, verse fifteen. Says the Jews therefore said to him, "You are not yet fifty years old, and have you seen Abraham?" Now, our Lord was only about thirty. But they said, "You are not even fifty years old. Have you seen Abraham?" Could you imagine that? Could you imagine if I went to Calvin? Okay, but if I said to him, Calvin, you're not even fifty. He would probably take it as an insult, right? But somehow something showed in the face of our Lord. That because he was that perfect servant of God, 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 because he was that perfect servant He was there serving the sick. Ah, he healed all night. He was there serving his disciples. Wherever God sent him, he went there. But he was not just the ox in the field. But he was also the ox upon the altar. So from chapters eleven to sixteen, from uh eleven to sixteen, it shows how our Lord served us on the cross. 
怎么样说到我们主在十字架上来 oh, that was his greatest service to us 那他对我们是一个很大的服务 so that's the face of an ox 那是一个牛的脸 and then how about the face of a man 怎么样说到一个人的脸呢 the gospel of Luke speaks about our Lord as the perfect man 路加福音说到我们主是一个完全的人 and this is the book where you see the whole life of our Lord Jesus 从这本书里面我们看见神的一生 from the time he was born 从他的出生 to when he became twelve 从他到长到十二岁 and somehow he said, I have to mind my father's business, but yet he still had to learn obedience. You see, our, our, God, our Lord, as a son of God, he created the forests of the universe. Yet he had to learn to obey and learn from Joseph on how to become a carpenter. And then, of course, later how he came out in service when he was 30. And then finally when he and then the last six months of his life how he went on the way toward uh toward the to Gethsemane. Now each of those phases there was some expression from heaven. Remember when he was thirty and he was about to start his ministry? The, there was a voice from heaven, there was a dove that descended, and our, our God said, This is my beloved son. And then after his three years of ministry, there was another voice again that said, This is my beloved son, listen to him. And then the final action, uh, the final time. When God was so satisfied with His Son, this perfect man, when He finished the work on the cross, heaven took Him away. And He ascended. So what was summarized the face of a man? Actually, if we're able to turn to Luke chapter... And while he was praying, this is on Mount of Transfiguration, and while he was praying, the appearance of his face became different, and his clothing became white and gleaming. Actually, in Matthew 17, verse 2, it describes that same scene. You don't have to turn there. Verse 2, it says, And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. Again, you see the glory of God in the face of Christ. He fully satisfied the Father that the Father had to say something. He said, Look at him, my son. He, he is so perfect. He fully satisfied 
my heart. He was a perfect man. One who was born in a manger. Who grew up through teenage years. And he, he was perfect. And that's why Moses and Elijah said they were discussing with him how he should exit the exit the earth right there. Because he was that perfect man. So he was that like that that wonderful vine, right? Now here the grape was mature. Ready to be taken away. Yet the Bible said, even though he was perfect, even though for himself he had lived out all that he needed to live to satisfy the Father, yet for your sake and my sake, he set his face towards Jerusalem. In order to save us, he chose to go towards Jerusalem. That face who was set in glory, yet he set that face towards Jerusalem. I don't know if you remember, but in the Garden of Gethsemane, it says that our Lord's face, he, um, uh, I don't remember the exact phrase, but his face, uh, went to the ground. When he prayed before his father, his face was upon the ground. He prayed, not my will, but thine will be done. This is the face of glory. And he was that mature grave that was willing to go through the wine press. And as he was crushed, the wine wine came forth flowing forth. So today we are beneficiaries of his setting his face towards Jerusalem. And then finally, at the Gospel of John, he was the perfect son of God. Actually, there's a word that is very important in the Gospel of John. And we already said he is the exact representation of his nature. And John said the word became flesh. Became personified. And we beheld his glory. So we saw the glory of God. Now we didn't know who God was. But in John chapter 1 it says this. He, the one who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. In the Gospel of John, you see how our Lord was so one with the Father. He was the delight of his Father. How he abided in the Father. He said, I do only what I see my father doing. He's the perfect son of God. But not only that, you find there's another instance that talks about the bosom. Where it talks about John being in the bosom of the Lord Jesus. Just as the Lord Jesus was beloved of God. 
John was beloved of the Lord. And so just as there was that union between the Son and the Father, you find in John chapter 15, you have the union between us and the Lord. What a wonderful thing. Now, you remember, uh, the eagle is very special because of all creation. No other animal has the eyes like the eyes of an eagle. Actually, that's the only animal that they can stare into the sun and not be blinded. We've probably all heard this before. But the, one, the wonderful thing is the sun beheld the father. And he has explained him. But the wonderful thing is that he has made this available to us. So, so this face, what is this face that we can behold? Um, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, oh, I don't think it's. Talks about beholding in a mirror. Uh, I don't have the exact verse 18. It's some um, chapter four and verse 18. While we look not at the things which no, uh, which sorry, 118. Okay, uh, Second Corinthians, three three eighteen. Yeah, three eighteen. Okay. Second Corinthians three eighteen. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. Just as a son can behold the father, today we can behold the son. We can have that close, intimate fellowship with him. We can behold the glory of the Lord. And so then finally in 1 John chapter 3, and verse 2, it says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we shall be. We know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him, or behold Him, just as He is. So, again, being transformed, not just the way of the cross, uh, so not just through the work of the cross, but also through fellowship with Him. So again, we see the the face of the um, the facet of the eagle. So the the point of all of this is this. Paul said that it is no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. 
so, that is a wonderful hope for all of us, brothers and sisters. That this glorious Lord lives in us. His life is in us already. So this is not something far away. So uh, to be conformed to the image of the Son of God is not something far away. His life is in us. To be glorified is not something so abstract. It's something very practical. So just as he is that wonderful king, he wants us to live the life of a king. He wants us to turn the other cheek. He wants us to Turn the, uh, go the extra mile. To give both the inner and outer garments. So that life is already in us. So in your home. Are you like um, Louis the Fourteenth? He says, I am the state. Or you know, are you saying I am the state at home? Or do we have that life of that king? So just as our Lord was a perfect servant, we can be servants of the Lord. There's so many needs in the house of God. Can we serve brothers and sisters? When people see us, do they think we're 30 or think we're 50? 当三十个人五十个人，三十岁还是五十岁？三十岁还是五十岁？You get the point. It's not literally. So we shouldn't start, you know, picking on the people that look young. But really, you get the picture. And the Lord is the perfect Son of Man. Our perfect example. And then how we have to have a and, and then to have a life often beholding the Lord. Often abiding in Him. This is there's a wonderful hope for us. Now I know that we've been uh, our, our theme is on the kingdom. But I think it's it's very practical. And I've been so touched by all the messages that we've heard about being conformed to the image of the Son. This matter of sonship. It's for all of us. But it's not something far away. It's personified in our Lord Jesus Christ. And that life already lives in us. So we just have to allow that life to live forth. If we allow that life to live forth, we will demonstrate the different facets. Now, of course, everything is summed up in our Lord Jesus Christ. So not, not one of us can represent all of our Lord Jesus. So it's not just something individual, but something also corporate. You may demonstrate the, the patience of Christ. Or gentleness of Christ. Or some other person may demonstrate the love of Christ. But it takes all of us to express, to be conformed for, for, their, for, for, uh, for us to be, to, uh, be glorified.
so for us to have a full expression of who the Lord is. May we all be encouraged. We can really look to one who has gone before us. Our, and, and our Lord himself who's gone before us. And this is the life that is in us. And he has made every provision for us to be able to express him. So that truly the glory of God can be seen in the face of Christ. Um, maybe we'll just have a few words uh, from different brothers and sisters and we'll conclude. Uh,